Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We have broken ground on the first co-housing project in Houston, Texas. Welcome, everybody. Hi, Lynn. How are you? I'm great. Kelly. Are you still so happy from our retreat this oh weekend? Oh my gosh, I can't even explain it. I it know. just feels like this blanket of wellness has descended. <laughs> upon the community. It turns out we like each other on Zoom and in person. Yes, I'm Amazing. very grateful. It was a beautiful event. And I'm really excited today because in fact, we're actually all sitting next to each other. Yes. So we don't know how the sound is going to turn out, guys, but that's why it might sound different. We're actually, uh, you know, one and a half feet apart. <laughs> and to my left, I have a really special guest today, um, our treasurer, Kip Krause. Yay. Hi, Kip. Hey, hello, Kelly. How are you today? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? Oh, very good. Thank you. Well, we brought Kip in today because one of the things that we did, um, we did a lot of stuff at this retreat, not all just hanging out and getting to know each other. We did some work on the process of how we go from an idea to an agreement. And then we also did some work on our community's values. And we had an update um, about the state of our project, kind of where we are financially, where we are with uh, permitting, where we are with all of those things. And I thought it'd be interesting for us to talk to our treasurer because that's not something we've done on the podcast. And I know that I get a lot of questions from people who are forming communities or who are, who are interested in co-housing, like, how do you make all of this work? You know, mm. it's a lot of a lot of dollars floating around. So I thought we'd bring in our treasurer, Kip, to talk a little bit about that. So Kip, can you tell us what are the primary things you do as treasurer? Well, um, I'm glad you asked. It's it's a growing job. It, it started off small when we were before we formalized into an LLC, and in in that role, I was primarily just the uh, managing the bank accounts, cash in, cash out, and there wasn't a lot of either one for a long period of time. Oh yeah, because I remember we had a fee, right, to be a member of Co-Housing Houston. It wasn't a member like you are now, it was just kind of like a club member. You were like a club treasurer. Kind of a club treasurer, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we paid for a few things along the way, um, meeting expenses, a few ads and so forth, but it wasn't, it wasn't a big task and it wasn't, you know, in the sense of a legal corporation. Yeah. So once we once we formalized into an LLC, then we had to take on a lot more specific responsibilities uh, that actually have, you know, certain requirements, but through our operating agreement and, and various dis, uh, job descriptions. And in addition to that, we have uh, an agreement with our developer through a developer services agreement, where his tasks are specifically delineated in that agreement. And some of those tasks are what might be seen as a traditional treasurer's task. Mm, okay. Yeah. So between his role and my role, we split a lot of the listed duties in our operating agreement. Okay. And you say that all those are spelled out either through when we voted on the treasurer or when we voted on the developer services agreement or that's right. Yeah. Okay. Would, Not, it, would it be helpful? I just have to chime in because I found the original vote in the meeting minutes from April 24th, 2020, would it be helpful to actually just do tell? Yes, out? do mean, it. I was just so happy that because I'm impressed that we can like access all of these exact votes. We so. are very, we are very <laughs> organized. Yes. So let me just read it out to you because this is, was a specific vote that night. 
The treasurer's duties include maintaining a record of all money received and dispersed by the company, mm -hmm. providing a clear record of financial transactions to any bookkeepers and accountants contracted by the company, maintaining bank records, reimbursing members for agreed upon expenses incurred on behalf of the company, paying vendors in a timely manner, and reporting bank balances and financial transactions to the members. How does that sound, Ed? It sounds like a full-time job. Yeah. Well, but, you know, I can hear in that, I can see why it's both a club treasurer kind of role, but then also a liaison role, it sounds like, between the developer and then also the community. Um, yeah. Yeah. For, like, for example, in our developer services agreement, our developer is responsible for actually keeping the books in a, in a accounting software system. Okay. So he has hired a, a bookkeeper. Mm -hmm. uh, and that bookkeeper does all the, you know, the detail work, like the QuickBooks or, or the whatever. QuickBooks, yeah. Okay. What and then my role in this in particular case at the end of the year is I will take that data and I will interface with our uh, CPA, uh, who then prepares financial statements and tax forms. Mm -hmm. So I'll just pick up that work and I'll do the interface with CPA and answer questions and so forth. So some of it is just uh, workload sharing between myself and the developer. And in some cases, I will do a little bit more uh, detailed accounting for some of the activities in a way that supports our uh, community's activities. That like so we can make better decisions about like, okay, we want to do spend marketing funds on this and you have the actual information about what we've spent in the past on that. That's right. The, okay. the, the accounting records would be pretty high level in that case mm -hmm. during this early stage. But what we need is more detailed information to make decisions on, gee, how many Facebook ads have we yeah. put in place? And, yeah. And so I, I kind of keep track of that through uh, through just monitoring the, the cash flow statement or the, in the bank records and mm -hmm. seeing exactly what vendors are being paid by what date on, on the amounts and so forth. I have to say as a member, it makes me feel pretty happy to know that there's both the developer's eyes on it mm -hmm. and you know the community member's eyes on it. And so it sounds to me like this, this kind of dual role is really like having both of you in this role is really helpful for us as a community and also just to get it done because it, it is a full-time job yeah, yeah. yeah. cross-checking yeah, yeah absolutely I mean, and the developers really got more urgent things to be doing besides tracking bank records and stuff. <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> yeah so how does the community fit in with this then because um it seems to me from watching you all work it's not just the developer and you working on it because there is a group within our community that also works on it yeah we have a we have a finance committee we call it finance and legal and we take care of a lot of the decisions and a lot of the interactions with the community on uh, sharing information in both directions um, working with the developer on on items that may come up that require community decisions he will bring those to the, the finance team we'll discuss it and then we'll go to the community when it's necessary to do so Oftentimes it's, you know, just small decisions that we make that don't, you know, that don't require uh, expenditure or it's more a, a way of just how we're going to handle this going forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you guys are setting a lot of precedent also as we make decisions and as we figure out how we want to all work together and live together financially. Yeah, it's, it's an evolving, it's an evolving group. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's some of the things that the treasurer doesn't do that are, that are equally important, 
for example, I am not one of the um, authorized signers for contracts. Oh, okay. So and you're that, the treasurer, but you can't actually sign the contract. Yeah, that was a that was a decision we took when we when we determined when we decided who our authorized signers for contracts would be, that it would not include the treasurer, and that was just a little division of responsibility mm -hmm. that seemed a reasonable thing to do. So I, I when when a contract is required and uh, we need the official signatures, you know, I'll, I'll sort of midwife that at transaction mm -hmm. some cases, but um, I am not one of the signers. Mm -hmm. How uh, many signers are there? We have two and the number of signatures on each document is driven by the, the value of the document. Up to a certain level, one person can sign. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, it requires both signatures. Oh, nice. And those both of those uh, individuals were elected by the community in a in a vote. Yeah, actually, the same night as the treasurer. Was <laughs> it I was like the financial <laughs> night. Yeah. Don't miss yeah. that meeting, right? So, Keith, is there any situation that could happen where the two signet the authorized signers could sign without you knowing it? It could happen. Yeah, I, I, it's, not not to, it's not likely to. It's not likely to, but because yeah. uh, our developer is, you know, he's very keen on making sure that the finance committee is involved in all the decisions. Mm -hmm. In fact, he'll usually make a recommendation, but won't ever make a specific decision on anything. I wonder if that's because he's a product of Katie McCammett's 500 communities. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really made him a community-minded person when it comes to being a developer, yeah. as opposed to. <clears throat> I don't know the mythical developer out there who just makes decisions on their own. I don't know so if that's so why. If you were voted on and um, the two signature, the authorized signature signers were voted on, what about the finance team itself? Are those just volunteers? Anybody could show up, or how does that work? We have um, when, when when we organize the team, we ask for people who are interested to, in in joining the team to mm -hmm. put their name in the hat. But the meetings are always open to every member and they're always open to explorers as well, mm -hmm. because we want people to see the transparency. We, we really strive for as much transparency as we can bring to the community. So all of our meetings are open and the discussions are open and the minutes are available. We, we want to make sure that anyone who has a question or feels they need to have a voice in a discussion is, is able to do so. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's the one committee that's always open at all times to anyone who wish, wishes to join. Now we'll say that we have a couple of smaller groups within that where we ha have a select, perhaps you'd call it a subcommittee, for a, a few decisions where confidentiality issues are brought in. Mm -hmm. While while we strive for transparency wherever we can, there are certain things where we need confidentiality. Like people make payment plans or other arrangements that are not what everybody else is doing. If they need to do something different, you might want to allow them to have that space. But yeah, that's yeah. a good example. Um, you know, if someone's having, for example, struggling to make a payment on a on a cash call, and they might come, they might come to me and uh, you know tell me about it, and then we need to decide on how we're going to handle it. Mm -hmm. I won't do that on my own. I will bring in at least one or two other people mm. into a committee, a, a smaller subcommittee to discuss this mm -hmm. so that we have 
you know, we have more than one opinion on it, uh, but we do need to keep some confidence in, in some of this because mm -hmm. this is, you know, people's financials. Yeah, as a community important. member, I find that reassuring. I wouldn't want one person making that decision, but I definitely wouldn't want all of FLD, you know, to necessarily be discussing it either. Yeah. I think that's that's good. You know, it's interesting because to me, the the most visible thing that I see coming out of of the finance committee and out of the treasurer's office really is um, the promissory notes that we pay in for cash calls um, because we're a development LLC and we're funding the development and then we receive promissory notes back. So I know that you all do a lot more than that, but <laughs> that's, that's the most visible thing to me. You know, speaking of that, I know Kip, there's been some side conversation about the promissory notes and we were talking about what lessons learned would you pass on to anybody else who's setting up this? And I think you were talking about, it wouldn't hurt when you start out to consider over recording everything you do. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Um, um, you wanna say something about that? Sure, sure. You know, when we first started this, that was one of my tasks was to, to uh, fill out and sign the promissory notes and return them to each member, corresponding their, the, the payment that they just recently made. So. We had a template that we use, of course, that was drafted by our attorney early on, and it changes each month with amounts and dates and so forth. Um, and it's amazing how many of these things over the course of two years that we've actually produced. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of documents floating around. So while I always had the, the notion that I needed to save these in a file somewhere, um, the amount of filing and record keeping is just keeps growing and growing. Yeah. Not only do I need to, to create the documents, but I need to save copies of them. I need to save dates. I need to um, keep track of which ones I've mailed, when I've mailed them, when I've printed them, and, and all this. I'm learning more after the fact than I started mm -hmm. off knowing that. Yeah. You know, people say, well, I'm missing this, uh, this promissory note did you mail it to me? And I'm saying, I'm sure I did, <laughs> but I don't have it written down the date and the, the time of date that I actually mailed it. So but, record every step you take. Yeah. Or uh, maybe, you know, now you know why there's like the signing, you know, where you have to sign for things when they arrive or, you right. know, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe communities should think about that as they're, if they're setting things up. Yeah. And, and I would also recommend that people investigate early on uh, digital signatures as yeah. a way of capturing this information. Yeah. We haven't really done a lot of that. We've we've tended towards the old-fashioned paper copies yeah. with wet ink on it, and I think that's probably not a bad thing because I feel more secure with a bundle of, of papers in my hand, which I will then need at closing to claim my discount or my down payment. Uh, and I, while uh, I do like digital information, mm. somehow I'm still old-fashioned enough <laughs> to want paper. <laughs> Yeah. Which cracks me up because at our last uh, closing, when we bought our current house, uh, it was completely paperless. Yeah. I have oh, no, man. no, yeah, exactly. Like all of the paperwork and everything is on Dropbox. Uh, but it is nice to have a stack of paper in hand. It feels very like. It could be a cyber attack going on that day. Uh, it's true. There we go. And I'll say this one example of that was we closed on the land uh, about a year ago, uh, but we had an outstanding note. And it, when it came time to process our, our tax statement, our income tax statement for this year, the CPA was looking for closing documents. Well, I didn't have any closing documents because yeah. they were all digital. <laughs> since I wasn't one of the signers, I was not included in the mm. uh, distribution of those documents. Mm. 
and I found it a little bit unsettling yeah. since while I wasn't the um, signer or the recipient of the documents, I was somehow expected to produce them. <laughs> uh, so I, that was not a problem in the long run. In the end, I got them, but it's just an example of mm. if you don't have paper, you can start getting nervous about stuff. Sometimes. Yeah, where things are. Yeah, definitely. Well, that that reminds me of other roles that you have in the community too. Then not only I mean, it sounds to me like the communication role wasn't so much yours on the closing document, but the people who were the signers who probably should have sent them to you. But I know that you as the treasurer have some communication, some specific communication roles in the community. Um, in addition to the promissory notes, what else do you do to make sure that everybody uh, knows what's going on and everybody has a sense? We, you know, we do annual, or not annual, sorry, we do periodic reporting to the community of the financial position, the, the basic statements, balance sheet and, and income. And we talk to them about, um, you know, how much money we brought in, how much we've been spending, sort of put it in, in layman's terms as well. So people don't have to be familiar with, in, with financial statements to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because those, in addition to being complicated, can also be misleading if you don't really know what you're looking at. Yeah. Uh, so so we talk about that and and then i also am available to answer questions that anyone might have about the details yeah you know for example how much have we how much have we been paying our our um architect yeah or are we is the contract complete or are we, are we how much do we still owe these various folks and, yeah and that's not always obvious from just looking at a sheet of paper Right. Yeah, because it's like percentage completion of things. Do you come up with these topics then the FLB takes on and or is the communication, do you have kind of a communication role there too, where you bring uh, issues that have come up in the community? Do you bring it to FLB and then you guys work on it together? Um, it's certainly it's both. Uh, some things, you know, the developer and I, David and I will come up with topics that we need to get the FLB to work on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those are just sort of uh, business oriented discussions. Um, and but you know, since I'm a member of the coordinating team, I sit in the coordinating team meetings each week. A lot of the questions that arise there and get passed down to FLV, uh, that's brought down through me. So I get the questions and I take it to the, the committee and we discuss and deal with it in that context. Okay, so it's kind of an accountability thing for the community that if they've got questions that can go through you and FLD will take it up. Right. Oh, that's mm -hmm. nice. I like that. You know, the, the other area that I find very helpful that you haven't touched on yet, maybe you're going there, is to do with when we, Kelly and I, are bringing in new explorers and they start asking a lot of detailed yeah. financial question. We It's really so reassuring to us as well to know that you're there because we can tell them, look, all of your questions and more will be answered by Kip. Just call Kip, set up a one-on-one -on -one with him. And in fact, I know that we've even had you meet with um, with one of our explorers with their financial planner even. So, or somebody's broker or whatever. It seems like you've been very, very open and available to our community. Oh yeah, I mean, I, that's, I think an essential part of you know, bringing people on board is mm. to explain to them the finances. And <clears throat> I know that the two of you would be able to do a, a pretty decent job of explaining it in terms of what uh, not anymore <laughs> we used to we as a community you know we had that meeting where we went through it in granular detail and i felt like it was 100 percent under my hands but that was two years ago mm, so yeah. Yeah. it's in your under your fingertips now kev yeah thank you thank you but you know, <laughs> no it's a, it's an important role that even at the explorer stage i think that, that 
people get an idea about what to expect yeah. from a financial commitment and expectation standpoint. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to meet with explorers, even if it's just to give them a five minute overview. And then as people, as people decide to join, then I get involved there, not only in explaining in detail the financial expectations, but also, you know, I, I send them the, the signing documents oh, and yeah. I keep track of all that. So yeah, I, yeah. I have a role there in making sure that paperwork is signed when people join. So you're talking about the LLC, in the, in the, the, LLC. The, the legal papers, legal documents, right. and their initial payment, their footprint, their first promissory note payment. And yeah. You know, I hadn't really thought about this, but I think it's really important, actually, whoever the treasurer is, that they do that, that they do have that conversation early on, because then if they ever need anything you know, like ever need a special payment plan or whatever, they have an existing relationship mm -hmm. with the treasurer. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, that that's an important part of this. Yeah, yeah. That's, great. Yeah. that's great. So what else do you think of when you think like, okay, if you're, so some of the people who are listening to our podcast are forming a new community, what would you advise them if they're looking at their community and they're like, okay, we need a treasurer and it's like silence in the room, right? <laughs> like. Who do you, what do you look for in, you know, in a treasurer and what, it, what has been useful to you? Yeah, I think it's somebody who is willing and able to spend a lot of time in front of their computer. <laughs> uh, I, I have, you know, when I retired 10 years or so ago, I thought, well, I don't have much use for Excel anymore, but I've been, <laughs> I've been proved wrong. Famous last words, yes. Um, <laughs> it's not difficult work, it's just a lot of them record keeping and bookkeeping and, and, yeah. and being able to, you know, formalize and understand how you're going to track things. Yeah. Because it can get complicated, you know, when we have uh, unit prices and we expect people to put in a percentage of their unit price, uh, then, then tracking their payment system through global cash calls and how much share goes to each person. And if they pay or don't, if they underpay or overpay, what do you, what do, you do about it? All those little little things become important. And um, what, what you learn pretty quickly is that you forget stuff a year and a half later. Yeah. You forget the details of how you did things or why you did them. So record keeping is, is uh, important. Yeah, I also just think for our commitment to transparency, mm. all of our books are open to everyone. And I think that if it's not recorded, if it's just in one person's brain, that's not as transparent as if it's recorded. So, you know, like, what if something happened? Yeah. Which Kip will be our treasurer, you know, forever. <laughs> but someday you will presumably want to hand this off. And so having all of that in place is, uh, I think is really important to us as a community. Yeah. And I think, of course, now, when we move into actual community, it will be a whole different set of tasks and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we'll move from, you know, a project based budget to a annual budget with, mm -hmm. you know, expenditures in a lot of different places. Um, I believe that you then you can claim that you need a whole new set of skills for somebody else <laughs> to take on. That's when you a say, whole new set of who knows QuickBooks <laughs> and there are crickets in the room. <laughs> Exactly. Well, Kip, was there anything else that you wanted to say today? No, I, other than, you know, the, the task has been 
I'm just glad that I was retired when I took this yeah. on. <laughs> it would have been a lot of late, late nights if I was trying to work a, a full-time job along with it. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I personally would like to thank you for your service in this role. I would never want to be doing this kind of work. <laughs> I'm happy to work in my, you know, different in your lane. spreadsheets, but yeah. my lane is not in the finance lane. You've still never been able to explain to me the difference between debit and credit. So I'm sure <laughs> that I'm not going to be able to figure this, this out. This is Lynn's official proclamation yes. that she is not running for treasurer I'm ever. not the finance person <laughs> ever, ever. So I really, really, really am grateful. And just kind of you always present with a sense of I know, I know what's going on. And yet I'm humble enough to entertain questions yeah. and second guesses by other people about what I'm doing. So I, I think that's a real special aspect to your um, filling of that role. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Kip, thank you so much for coming by hey, and doing this. It's been my pleasure. Well, I'm very glad because um, I'm going to just out you and say that you said that this was like your personal nightmare to have to <laughs> come on our podcast. <laughs> So but you've made it such a charming nightmare. Yes, and listeners, doesn't he have such a lovely voice? He has yeah. a lovely voice. So thank you, Kip. Thank you for stopping by. And thank you all for stopping by. We're so glad you clicked on our episode today. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. And we're really active on social media. So check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston. Bye, y'all. Bye.